If you're still mad about the Percy Jackson film adaptations, you'll love Adapt or Die, co-hosted by Pippa Russell and KJ Minzner, a bi-weekly podcast about adaptations of all kinds, from classic literature to comics to television and everything in between. Here's a clip. But you can do some really cool things with animation and with 2D drawing to, like, make a horrific snake face that Mm -hmm. would frighten children to death, which is what animation is for. Animation is for giving children nightmares. That is all. (laughs) If Kurt's Cowardly Dog is anything to go by, you're correct. Adapt or Die, available on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. The Legacy Saga may contain subject matter not suitable for all audiences. Specific content warnings are available in the episode description. The tale of Aurora Nova Rescue our world from the darkness Azrael, Cortez, Tara Saban and Rowan and Nyar Okay, sure. Cassius is my father. Your mother was Clara Gestalt of Raven's Rock. She named you for her father. Your actual name is Sabin Gestalt X. It was your ancestor, Xavier Gestalt, who first made a name for your family by driving the vampires from the province. That proves nothing! I learned stuff like that from a book. Who's to say you did it? I was not present at your birth, yet I knew Clara was pregnant before Peleus spirited her away from Kingsland. Ever since she disappeared, I have been searching for you. Something blocked me. Some charm or ward she placed upon you. Somehow, you removed it. Wait, so Paul is my cousin? Who? Azrael. Ah, so that's his name. Yes, Azrael is your half-cousin, but cousin nonetheless. I bet he'll love that. You should, as I am about to offer mercy. Come speak with me in Kingsland. I will spare you and your friends, including Azrael. After all, he is Cordelia's son. Forgiveness? Just like that? Yes. Even after we got rid of five of your horsemen? Yes. I will have you to replace them. Yeah, that'll go over well. Come to me with the crown, and all shall be forgiven. I should just trust your word on this? How do I know this isn't just after effects from Naya's drugs? Perhaps it is, but you've blindly trusted everyone you've encountered along the way. Why not me? You're the big evil emperor. It's pretty obvious why I shouldn't. And yet you trust the orders of the enigmatic man from the forest because he gives you little gifts. Is that all it takes to win your trust? Here's my gift to you. I won't station any of my soldiers on your train tomorrow and you can travel unhindered. Great. Thanks. Of course you knew about the train. The man said that when I meet you, I have to kill you. I can understand why a lot of people want you dead. 
But why does this near-omnipotent being specifically want me to kill you? I suppose I messed with his plan. What plan? I don't know the details. He'd never tell an acolyte that. What? You think you know how this all began, but that is only their false version of the story, which you, of course, trusted implicitly, because Valor said he's on your side. I was born first, and by law, the eldest child should inherit the throne. Valor didn't tell us that. Makes sense. It ruins the narrative if I'm justified. However, I gain no power. Only the hatred of my brother and father. Cordelia tried to reason with them for the love of all of us, but they refused to hear. He's an abomination. A demon. Something not fit for the hallowed halls of Kingsland. It's not like that, and you know it. Cassius is simply our brother. My brother's rages got worse as we passed through puberty and into young adulthood. He became violent and verbally abusive toward me. Once, when I tried to stand up for myself before our father, Fortinbras tackled me to the ground. Dad just looked on as he pulled out a knife and carved this scar into my face. After that ordeal, I spent hours on end training combat exercises I learned from the books of the castle library. Meanwhile, my brother married, and time drew ever closer to his coronation. One day, while your leader Valor was delivering a lesson to Fortinbras and his wife, I confronted him in front of our parents and Cordelia. Little brother, you are unfit to rule. Your cruelty does not suit a righteous king. I challenge you for my birthright. I raised my sword with this challenge. Cassius, this is uncalled for. Please don't do this. I cannot stand by and watch you assume a throne you do not deserve. If you want this over reason, fine. My brother stepped forward and faced me on the grand rug of the throne room. I fought as a prince should, with honor and grace honed by hours of training. My brother fought like a drunken brute. Nowhere in my training did I prepare for such a dishonorable opponent. You think I'm the monster? Yet here you are, fighting like a beast, not a king. Cassius, I've tolerated your stain on the Atano family name for too long. You are not my son, you never were. And now you serve me an opportunity to formalize that on a silver platter. You are hereby banished from Kingsland. And so Cassius the Unnamed was sent far from the only home he had ever known. It was in my exile that I first met the man from the forest. He bestowed upon me the power to defeat my brother once and for all. I was to be his champion here, in the mortal realm. What? But- I hope you didn't think you were the first. <laughs> you certainly will not be the last. My usurpation may have been the vessel of change or whatever else Valor and his forces choose to pin on me, but the man is the true origin of it all. It was he who gave me the power to rid this land of my brother and father. All to serve his goal. His greater good. I bet he said that your goals lined up with his. And you trusted that. Without a second thought. So come kill me. You are welcome to try. What do you plan to do about him? 
The next day. Unlike his friends, Sabin chose not to share his vision in the night. If he did, Sabin knew that they would either not believe him or turn against him. Guys, come out here. You have to see who's aboard. En route to the border, Azrael mandated his companions remain in their rooms to avoid being discovered by Imperials like last time. Only Benedict, who was unknown to Cassius, was allowed to leave his room. Sabin, however, knew the restrictions were unnecessary. I looked over the train and have seen no Imperial guards. You all know how much I hate to have Benedict on my side of an argument, so believe me, it's worth it. Trust me, I'm not happy about it either. <sighs> Alright, Sabin. Let's take a look, shall we? Reluctantly, Sabin's companions followed him and Benedict to the dining car, emulating the suspicious Arkham denizens they encountered on their first arrival. Look who it is! Sabin gestured grandly to the bulky, one-armed form of... P Patrick Redmeat? That butcher from the Harvest Festival? In the flesh. A little less of it, I see. Oh... Hi, all. Next to Patrick, Atar's former teammate Oliver stood with a tray of drinks. Oliver? What the hell are you doing here? Everyone thought you both died in the attack. Very nearly. I saw a pack of marauders carrying off Oliver here, so I picked up my cleaver and I chased after them. By the time I finally caught up, we were deep into the forest beyond the wall. I fought them off, and eventually I won. But at the cost of this. Patrick motioned to the stump of his missing arm. Oliver stayed with me. Helped batch me up. Patrick threw his remaining arm around Oliver's shoulders. Kept me alive long enough till we got help. Why did you stay outside the wall? We didn't know if there was a high gate to go back to. So we stuck around with a woman who saved my life for a while until we all decided to get jobs on the Glass and Express. They're quite something, these trains. You must have joined the staff after the other time we took the train. I guess so. I've been here practically every day since. Speaking of our humble leader, here she is. The door to the car opened, and a one-eyed dwarf woman stepped through. Well, I'll be damned. Brenneus! Cortez! Cortez rushed across the car and embraced his former mentor. Everyone, this is Brenneus, the one who taught me everything I know. Well, not everything. Maybe not, but quite a lot. Oh my god, what happened to your eye? I need a few drinks in me before I tell that story. Who are your friends? Well, this is Azrael, Adara, Sabin, Rowan, Naya, and Benedict. They come from Highgate as well. What a small world. Then you must already know Patrick and Oliver. The dwarf put Oliver into a playful headlock and tussled <laughs> his hair. <laughs> Kid's lucky he's pretty enough to be part of the waitstaff. They keep the ugly ones like Patrick and I with the engine. Speaking of pretty faces, here's our newest conductor. The door opened once more. Standing in the threshold, with her dignified face as stoic as ever, was... Serafina. 
Serafina's stoicism shattered. She tensed, as if caught in a trap. Seraph, who? I, I, I'm sorry, Naya, how do you know her? Yeah, don't we know everyone you do? Well, Naya caught me. I as- ran into her. Literally. Knocked her right over while Cortez and I were shopping for the solstice. Yes. I was in Arkham, briefly, shopping for supplies. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you. Azrael extended his hand, and when Serafina took it, each felt a jolt of some energy deep within their being. Azrael's brow furrowed in confusion as Serafina's eyes widened in understanding. Well, what are y'all doing here? Uh, we're... Uh, traveling north. Uh, to see... Uh, the... Um... Library! Uh, we met this weird guy and he mentioned there was this big library up north, and we thought it'd be smart to go there. A moment of pause fell over the party as they waited to see if Bernaeus would accept the lie. Behind her, Serafina looked at the Seven with a knowing squint. Sounds like the Library of Dane that you seek. Azrael turned to Sabin and gave him an approving nod. Uh, we didn't really ask about it. Who is Dane? That's right. Being from Highgate, you wouldn't know. Dane is the god of knowledge. It's said he lives in a grand library that lies somewhere beneath the border of the Expanse. Contained within is the entirety of sentient knowledge. You probably should have researched this before coming up. Yeah, we have a bit of a problem thinking things through. But we are getting better. Thanks to Sabin. Alright, that's enough introduction. The boss isn't around, so pull some of those other tables over and let's get drunk. Here, here. The jovial spirit of Patrick Redmeat not only invited his companions and acquaintances to drink, but transformed the entire dining car into an impromptu celebration in which everyone participated, in one way or another. A magic arrow ring? Damn, that's convenient. Yeah, it's pretty cool, I guess. (laughs) Have you looked up what that symbol means? Huh? Oh, no. Uh, haven't had much time. Well, you're going to the Library of Dane, so good place to look it up. You know, I quite like research, so I could join you. Yeah, maybe. Oliver! An older man also dressed as a waiter approached, with a woman following behind, whose attire proclaimed her wealth so aggressively, it verged on gaudy. What are you doing? You are on the clock, and that is Dame Havemayer's table. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's, I I mean, I was Dame. I apologize profusely. Oh, just leave it. Look at them. The table needs a deep cleaning now. These new employees, it's like they weren't even trained. If Cassius's men were here, they'd straighten them out. It's that damned gnome's fault. He's so self-righteous that he refuses to travel with the Emperor's guards. I still don't see why Cassius hasn't gotten rid of him yet. You're not taking part? No, and I see neither are you, said the stoic young man at the window. He kept his bespectacled face buried in a log book, except for occasional sips from his glass of tea. Yeah, not really my thing. Tycho Faraday, the young man said as he extended a hand. 
Are you unarmed? Are you trying to hide something? No! Gods! No, I'm Abbot. Abathar. Do you have a last name, or do you sympathize with the Emperor? No! Gods! No, of course I don't. It's, um... Musania. Tycho scribbled a note in his logbook. And what was that? Nothing. Just business. Azura walked away from the strange, suspicious young man. It's great to see you. I had thought we'd never run into each other again. Neither did I. What are you really doing here? What do you mean? We're going up north. Look, Reneus may not have seen through your lie, but I could tell you were trying to hide something. I also know Valor has a say in everything you do. Okay, fine. Yes, we're here on a mission from Valor. Now what are you doing here? I'm working. Right. You're a conductor now. You know, I don't mean to sound like a magic mouth spell, but the offer still stands. Especially now. I mean, Patrick and Berneas would be amazing additions to our- Yeah, I don't think they'd go for that. Why not? Because we have jobs. I need to get back to my room. Truly. It is good to see you again. Not drinking? Oh! Sorry. I didn't see you there. A middle-aged man in a once-nice coat sat in the chair across from Rowan. I'm having a little bit of wine. Ah, good. It's a party. We should all be drinking. What's your name? Uh, I'm Aelin. My name's Wallace. What are you doing here? On a trip with my friends. You? I'm in the... transport business. What? Yeah, yeah, mm mm-hmm. I'll be right over. They're calling me over, sorry. All pretensions were gone. Garen and Hela arrived on an Imperial boat for our final confrontation. The traitors to our tribe stood by them, unworthy of salvation. Days of fighting tired our group, exhausted our supplies, and reduced us to a handful of fighters. We put up a valiant effort, but it was a losing battle. Before long, everyone had been captured, killed, or fled. I found myself battling Garen and Hela at the same time. I hate to say it. Bastards overwhelmed me. Yet, I still had some fortune. Garen's last blow took out my eye and knocked me into the river. They must have assumed me dead as they never came after me and I just floated until I woke up far down the shore. I'm so sorry. I wish I could have been there. I should have been there. Don't put that burden on yourself. It wasn't your fault. If anything, I'm glad you weren't there. You'd have ended up like me. Or worse. Were my... parents there? No, we had lost them some time before this. They... died? I don't know for certain. All I know is that they weren't captured. Well, it... sounds like they were spared the worst fate. There was one other single silver lining to this whole affair. And what might that be? Green vines emerged from the sleeves of her greasy coveralls. 
While searching for better ways to defend our tribe, I discovered these powers I never knew I possessed. When I faced Garna and Hela, my control of them was weak, but now my strength has grown tenfold. You sure these are good people? Yes, I am. I hope you're right. It all needs to burn. Not just Garen and Hela, but Cassius and anyone in league with him. Hi, I'm sorry. A young girl with a small draconic creature resting on her shoulders said to Benedict. You're sorry for what? Nothing. I'm sorry. It's fine. You didn't... Wait, what? My name is Sorin Alentium Pixolimic Bellacroy. I go by sorry for short. Uh... And this is my pseudo-dragon, Peanut Butter. Sorry pulled out a lime and took a bite right out of the skin, then passed it to Peanut Butter, who did the same. Oh! I don't mean to be rude. Care for some? What the fuck did I get myself into? Sabin, on the edge of entering the sloppy phase of his intoxication, fell down into a seat across from an official-looking gnome. Hello, I'm Saban. Who are you? My name is Bontem Duchamp, but everyone just calls me Duchamp. Funny name. Well, a funny name for a funny person. Yes? What's with the getup? Oh, yes. I am the <sighs> Imperial Librarian. You work for Cassius! Whoa, 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 settle down, my friend. I work for Cassius because I have to. I have held the title of Royal Librarian since the time of the Atonos. I never took an apprentice, you see, and therefore Cassius could find no replacement for me. Uh, which is how he and I both found ourselves in this... Reluctant position. Oh. Huh. Okay. So what do you do? I manage the totality of official knowledge and records held in several caches throughout Glaston. When information is needed, I am sent to retrieve it. Why can't someone else just learn your job and replace you? I have magically sealed the caches to only open at my command, and I've organized them in such a way that a potential task might take me an hour, whereas it would take anyone else days. It's a lot to teach another. Oh, wow. So are you, like, on your way to some official knowledge right now? Oh, no. I am on vacation. Every year I attempt to find and enter Dean's Library. How's that going? Terrible! But if I quit trying, I will never succeed. So, you're like, still loyal to the Atanos? It is uh, probably best if we keep that quiet. Uh, However, my allegiance is no secret. Trust you. How am I to answer that for you? What if I told you that the rightful heir still lives and they're on this train right now? Dear me! 
Is it you? Oh. Well, thanks. But no. Uh, take a look around, and I'm sure you could pick them out. Was it that very serious-looking young woman that was here earlier? Uh, no? Oh, wait! Yes, it's him! Do shop, my friend. Would you like to see the return of the king? More than anything. So, you'll help us out? Oh, of course! You, sober up, my boy. We shall speak about this in the morning. I have to go over my notes and find what will best assist you. The ecstatic gnome shook Sabin's hand before dashing off to his room. Eventually, night fell, and passengers began to retire to their beds. The impromptu party had softened much of the horror of the past couple days, if only for a few hours. Even Azrael fell asleep in his bunk with a bit of a smile. What the hell was that? Damn, it's locked! Just give me a second. Saban, we don't have time. Step aside. There on the floor of his luxurious single cabin lay the corpse of Bontem Duchamp. Legacy Saga is produced by Welcome Matt Radio, written and narrated by me, the artist currently known as Mosmo Napoli, sound design and audio engineering by Austin Olivia Kendrick, additional sound editing by Sam Trout, vocal direction by Matthew Moore, music direction and composition by Emma Whitley and Mac and Carol. Full cast lists can be found in the episode description. For more detailed information about the show, visit our website, welcomeatradio.com or follow us on Instagram and TikTok at welcomeatradio or on Twitter at matt underscore welcome. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to tell us what you think over on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice so you don't miss out on the story. <laughs>